Let me start politically correct this week with a frank admission. We journalists tend to revise our views and opinions every now and then, depending on the fresh information and inputs we uh, get from time to time. And so in this episode, I'm going to share with you my revised opinion about Maharashtra Chief Minister Eknath Shinde. Frankly, when he took over about seven, seven months back, we were largely dismissive. We always thought he was just another Shiv Sainik working under Thakre's shadows. I've been watching his actions and words closely over this period. I must say I was probably underestimating him. He is turning out to be much smarter and much sharper than I thought. But before I come to Yekna Sinde, let me tell you a few things about the World Economic Forum uh, meeting in Davos last month. Here I am quoting a report by uh, Julia Horowitz, a CNN business reporter uh, from the ski resort town in Switzerland. She wrote, India flexes its muscles at Davos as China's star fades. R.K. Singh, India's uh, power minister, told her, I have not had to ask for investment. Investment has just flown in. Julia found that confidence on display at the World Economic Forum. Indians who have returned from Davos talk about three things. One is, of course, R.K. Singh's valiant show at a session on uh, interplay of food, energy and water. Andrew Ross Sorkin, the New York Times uh, columnist and co-anchor on CNBC, was, he was trying to corner India on the issue of oil imports from Russia. You know how sensitive the US and Europe are about engagement with uh, Russia, I mean, after it attacked Ukraine. R.K. Singh virtually silenced Andrew Ross, citing facts and figures about India's leadership in energy transition and climate action. I'll stop imports from Russia, but let European countries do it first, R.K. Singh declared. For India's death was the first takeaway from Davos. The second was how uh, yoga guru Sri Ravi Shankar took on Pakistan's junior foreign minister, Hina Rabani Khar, at a session on Renaissance of South Asia. When she alleged that, you know, uh, that Indian fighter jets entered Pakistani territory, she was talking about Balakot strike. So she said when uh, Indian fighter jets entered uh, Pakistani territory in 2019, because election had to be won. That was her remark. That those jets entered Pakistani territory because elections had to be won. Sri Sri came with all guns blazing. The entire world knows where terrorism is sprouting. Where was Osama bin Laden? Hina Rabani was, in fact, you know, at one point of time, she was grinning from ear to ear. When Sisi said he is not from government, but from spiritual social sector. She looked determined not to engage in a verbal duel with the a spiritual guru. She wanted to discuss his area of expertise, meditate for peace, as she said. Sisi was not to be discouraged. He kept confronting her and defending Prime Minister Nain Modi and his policies, including the Citizenship Amendment Act. Those who have returned from Davos uh, just can't stop talking about Sri Sri Ravi Shankar's uh, you know, performance there. The third memory Indians have returned with from Davos is how Maharashtra CM Eknath Shinde created a buzz at the World Economic Forum. Two other chief ministers, UP Yogi Aitnath and Karnataka's uh, Basavaras Bomai, and Maharashtra Deputy CM uh, Devendra Fadnavis 
were supposed to attend the Davos summit. But these BJP leaders chose to attend the party's uh, national executive in Delhi instead. Eknath Shinde, he made the best of it, inking mem memorandums of understanding MOUs worth 1.37 lakh crore. Shinde was not part of any session at Davos, yet he was the talk of the Davos town, thanks to those MOUs. So when a journalist quoted uh, 1.37 lakh crore to him, he told him it's 137,000 crores. Sounded more impressive, didn't it? Maharashtra Pavilion, in fact, found mentioned in many international publications, like the Washington Post, as it was the building, it was the building site that used to be the Russian Pavilion. The Sindhya government took that pavilion this time for Maharashtra. Back home, opposition leader Aditya Thakre. And he was alleging expenditures of 30 to 40, lakh, 40 crores on the CM's Davos visit. But Shinde did not seem to be much bothered about uh, the opposition's allegations. And when I met him in New Delhi uh, last week, Shinde told me, my only aim is to make Ahmadmi's life in Mumbai and Maharashtra better. And it will happen only through infrastructure development. You will see how my government will transform Mumbai and Maharashtra before we face voters in 2024. That was Sindhya to me. In the next 35-40 minutes of our conversation, he was listing the projects he was uh, focused on. Say, uh, for instance, access control expressway uh, between Mumbai and uh, Sindhudurg, completion of Mumbai Trans Harbour Link in the next 7-8 months, Nagpur-Goa corridor, Pune Nasek Industrial Corridor, and so on and so forth. And when should we expect to land in Mumbai? I was asking when he was listing all these projects. I just asked him. And when should we expect to land in Mumbai without worrying about the hours that we will be spending on in snarl-ups, traffic snarl-ups? I asked. Shinde was oozing with confidence. It will be much better before the next election. He responded. Again, listing what his government has been doing for Mumbai, Mumbai's decongestion. So the government is exploring the option of double-story tunnels under traffic intersections, expediting metro work that will take 50 to 60 lakh cars off the road, as Sinde said. Then the government is expediting Mumbai's coastal road, etc., etc. At a time when everyone is uh, looking at the fight over Bal Thakre's political legacy uh, between Sinde's and Thakre's uh, Shiv Sena's, the Maharashtra CM is working on his own branding as an administrator. He was in the Fadnavis cabinet and then in the Thakre cabinet. But he remained just another Shiv Sainik under Thakre's, Thakre family's shadow. But as the chief minister now, he is coming into his own. Or so it seems from the way he talks about governance, keeping aside questions on politics. It's easier to dismiss his vision for Maharashtra with the argument that you know, many of the infrastructure projects he's talking today were conceived or initiated during the Fadnavis or Uddhav government. The fact is, Shinde was overseeing most of these projects. First as public works minister who headed the MSRDC or, or Maharashtra State Road Transport Corporation during the Fadnavis government. That is public works, public, public uh, undertaking uh, portfolio, in fact. He also had uh, urban uh, development portfolio then. 
and later on as public works minister in the Uddhav led government. Even as the chief minister, he is keeping this uh, public works, public undertaking and urban development portfolios himself. It was during his tenure as Maharashtra's public works minister. I am talking about 95-99 uh, when Gadkari was there. So it was during in that tenure that Gadkari came to national limelight as the infra man of India who was behind much acclaimed Mumbai-Pune Expressway and many other infrastructure projects. As Public Works Minister since 2014, Shinde can also claim credit for Mumbai-Nagpur Expressway and other infra, infra projects even if Fadnavis was the brain behind many of them. So what does Shinde's infra focus tell us about his politics today? That he is not going to be overshadowed by Fadnavis, who is perceived to be the man behind the wheel in Maharashtra government? And that Shinde is not getting weighed down under the cries of betrayal from Uddhav Thakre camp. He is not going to be weighed down by the tussle to gain the Sivsena symbol and loyalty of the Sivsenics. The CM is busy showcasing his own administrative skill and vision for Maharashtra. The election commission is likely to take a decision on the Sena's symbol shortly. This is obviously important for Shinde to keep his flock together and wean away others from Uddhav Thakre's camp. The symbol is also important for his faction, the Balasahebaji Banchi Shiv Sena, in the coming BMC election. Sindhi is now working on a plan as he braces himself for all eventualities. He has largely deputed organizational work to five of his colleagues, including Rahul Shewale, Deepak Kesarkar, Dada Bhush, Uday Samant, and Abdul Sattar. I mean, they are largely looking at the organizational matters on a day to day basis. Sindhi is not bringing his own parliamentarian son, Srikanth, a bright young leader in fact, to the forefront. When you fight against dynasts, you don't promote your own. While Shiv Sainiks are in a dilemma over their loyalty to Uddhav or Shinde, Shinde is showcasing his governance model to swing their mind. Unlike Uddhav Thakre who is seen as inaccessible, Shinde keeps his door, doors open to the Sainiks. He is now working on a plan to empower the Shakhas and make them the intermediaries between the people and the government. I am talking about Shiv Sena Shakhas. If somebody has any demands or grievance from the government, the local Shiv Sena office will be a single window mechanism for their redressal. If Shiv Sainiks found Thakres and their government distant, Sindhi wants to be in their midst and make his government accessible to them. If Thakrej have blood relations to claim Bala Sahib's uh, legacy, Shinde wants to showcase his work and vision to claim the same. In the process, he is also projecting himself as, a, as an independent, uh, as independent, not someone who is hanging on to Fadnavis's coattails, which many of his allies and detractors would have the people believe. Whether Shinde succeeds or not will depend on how much he is able to deliver on his promise to change Aam Admi's life in the next 20 months or so. Shiv Sena has never had a Gadkari of its own. Sindhya's Gadkari too is an idea that will make both Uddhav and Fadnavis sit up and take notice. That's all from me in this episode of Politically Correct. Thanks for watching.